0: Welcome to Women Wanting Women, where we explore topics that matter to women like us. We talk about being a woman, attracting women, and becoming more powerful women by developing more self-confidence and always reaching for the next level in our self-actualization. I'm your hostess, Jordana Michelle, lesbian love coach and matchmaker extraordinaire. And if you're interested in finally finding the love of your life, so you can be best friends, so you can learn together and grow together and share your dreams together and have adventures together and have amazing sex together. Then also check out my website, womenwantingwomen.com because it's packed with valuable free resources like my guide to quickly and easily eliminating rejection from your life, a class on the number one thing you can do to end your loneliness if you're single, a quiz to find out what qualities the woman of your dreams will find most attractive about you when you meet her, a quick guide to the five biggest mistakes most women make when coming out, and since I'm a great matchmaker and I might already be friends with the woman of your dreams, I'm also offering everyone a free survey you can fill out so I can keep you in mind as I meet women just like you through the work that I'm doing in our community. All of that is free at womenwantingwomen.com. But before we go any further, I have a question. What if I told you that there were places all around the world that you could escape to where it's swarming with hot lesbians that you've never met before. Well, in this interview, I got to pick the brain of the woman who knows more about these places than probably anyone else alive. DJ Whitney Day has spent the last 10 years traveling the world, performing as a distinguished guest at the most exotic lesbian events, making friends with lesbian DJs and promoters all across the earth, and earning herself the title of the most globally connected lesbian in nightlife. And in this interview, Whitney Day shares with us her suggestions for where lesbians can travel to to find a totally new queer female crowd and endless possibilities for love and adventure, seven unique and exotic lesbian events around the globe that you've probably never heard of, advice for sustaining a 13-year same-sex relationship, and her tips for designing a career founded on travel and creativity. So without further introduction, here is my interview with DJ Whitney Day. Thank you so much, DJ Whitney Day, for joining me on the podcast. So welcome. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So it's been amazing watching you and your career take off. Um, I don't even remember. maybe It might have been about 10 years ago when we first did an event together. Well, 11, 2011 maybe. So maybe it was only seven years ago. Around that time. It's been a long time. But your professional life has been incredible. Um Super proud of what you've done and, Thank um. Thank you. And I'm just so excited to ask you about it because you have probably one of the most unique perspectives of anyone in the world on the lesbian nightlife scene. I, you know, we were talking about, I, I, there's probably no one lesbian in nightlife who's as globally connected as you are. Would I be
1: wrong in saying that? Um, I, th- I think particularly in nightlife and, and as a DJ, um, yeah, I, I think you're probably correct. I mean, there might be people who are, you know, owners of the, you know, main lesbian magazine that's out there worldwide, or, you know, other sort of uh entities or um something like that, more sort of corporate companies or something like that, that are, that are also super connected and, you know, have contacts all over the world. But I think on a Sort of face to face level and particularly in nightlife and with, um, you know, events and parties and fellow DJs around the world. I definitely have been very privileged to connect with so many of them and to, to create bonds with people literally all around the world. How
0: many countries would you say that you've done lesbian parties in or girl
1: parties Ooh, around the world? That's an interesting question. I don't know if I've ever actually tallied it up. I think I've been to somewhere between 35 and 40 countries, um, whether for professional reasons or personal reasons, because I just love to travel anyway on my own. Um But professionally... I would say somewhere around, like, between 10 and 15, maybe. 10 and 15 countries. And how many cities where you do lesbian parties? Oh, yeah, you? that's a hard one, too. Yeah, because, like, for example, like, just in Germany alone, I've played – multiple times in hamburg and berlin and munich um i've played in smaller cities there too but germany just kind of coincidentally happens to be a place that i've uh i don't know they're a fan of me in germany i guess but i've played there a lot i've spent a lot of time there so yeah each country's a little different like i i returned to Australia for a second time this year, which was incredible. Um, last time, I had the opportunity to go to Sydney, and as they say, Melbourne. Um, but this year, I was only able to go to Sydney. So you know, kind of depends, it sort of depends on the schedule and the calendar of what events are going on. And you know, what I have time for and who wants to book me uh, to see how many cities I can get to. But yeah, it really depends on the on the country and sort of the situation. And, you know,
0: it's just, I mean, like like I said, just I don't know anyone else who would have that kind of global perspective on just what lesbian nightlife looks like all over the world. And I definitely want to, like, as much as I want to ask you that, though, the other part of me just wants to dive right into how it is that you even came to be in this position. Because really, you built this career yourself, right? No one hires you for the job that you got for yourself. Right.
1: Wouldn't you say? Right. Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, you know, in the beginning, uh, especially a lot of like cold emails and cold calls and just kind of reaching out to people that I thought were doing interesting things that were pertinent to what I was trying to create or DJ and just saying, hey, this is me and this is what I'm doing and um, you know, do you need a DJ from out of town or, you know, whatever? Just kind of get the conversation started. And, um, I think just reaching out and connecting with people and just asking, um, or introducing is a great way and probably really the only way to start. Um, sometimes those relationships took literally years to develop before I actually got hired. Um, Some of them were more instantaneous. So, um yeah, I think persistence is kind of a is a big part of it. And just putting yourself out there to say, hey, this is me. You know, not everyone can easily find every DJ or every dancer or every performer on their own. So sometimes you just have to kind of go out on a limb and say, hi, <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah. It takes, book me?
0: it takes a lot of guts to do that and to keep doing it even in the face of years of trying, as you said, yeah. years of trying to connect and ask and not getting that answer, but staying in the game long enough for that yes to eventually arrive.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, and another big part of when you talk about, you know, uh, showing up and then trying to talk to people about what you're about. I think that's also worth getting into because, you know, it's easy to see your name, uh, Whitney days playing tonight, but you know, you just show up and you play your music. But I really, I think it's really important to talk about what you are about, because you had a beautiful vision when you were starting up um, this project of yours and creating the events that you create. Can you talk a little bit
1: about about that? Yeah, yeah, totally. So I mean, I kind of envision what I do is sort of twofold. I'm a DJ, sort of first and foremost. I've always been a musician in some capacity. I was actually a trombonist for many years. I met my wife singing in an a cappella group in college. So music was always a, a really big part of my life. Um, I went to LaGuardia High School on the Upper West Side where I played trombone and studied uh, recording music and uh, all that kind of stuff took a lot of the classical sort of required courses, theory, uh, history kind of stuff. Um, So that was always sort of in my in my blood. But um, what happened was, as I was sort of developing myself as a DJ, I don't even think I thought of it as that I was just trying to get gigs and play wherever I could. Um, And I would get booked a lot in the beginning for a lot of large, very large scale gay men's parties um, regularly. So I was playing like, two, three, four, five times a week, but mostly they were events geared towards men. And uh, that's really where I got my start. And then I started to, after that, play for more sort of lesbian-oriented parties that were happening at the time uh, in Brooklyn and in Manhattan. And I just kind of felt like there was something missing. Um, when I compared sort of my experiences from the DJ booth and how the parties were run and the locations that they were at and everything, the curation, the men had such a different level, um, of what they were doing compared to the women that I sort of thought, you know, this isn't fair. Like, why can't we also have something really over the top and like really fabulous? And, um, you know, it doesn't have to be that every time, but, um, I just felt there was something missing in terms of the, the creativity, the diversity in the lineups and the different DJs that were being flown in from all over the world um, and the atmosphere that was really created for generally gay men, which was really focused around the music um, and the venue and the experience. And that's something I really wanted to bring to the table for women as well.
0: And then you were able to start doing that. So like, what was, you know, one of the first times you went out of limb to bring something in other than your own DJ skills, which obviously, you know, you're a serious musician and you take your music seriously. Um, But in terms of just changing, bringing something more than just yourself and your music, like what were some of your early um, like steps?
1: Yeah, like early stuff was, you know, it, it could really be anything from, I started a party in, I believe it was 2010 called Glossy, which was a Wednesday after work weekly party. And we had, I created a all gender sign for the bathroom. That was something I'd never seen anything anywhere before. I had not seen any queer oriented party, although there wasn't as many of uh, of those at the time. Uh, popping up yet? Um, I never saw that in the gay men's focus or the lesbian focus, but you know, I saw a lot of you know transitionings literally happening within the lesbian community, where friends of mine who were transitioning from female to male or were not identifying necessarily strictly as women, and I felt that that was really important. So it's not just entertainment-wise, but it was also creating that level of comfort. So I would say, you know, creating a no gendered bathroom sort of policy in a typically sort of straight club venue um, was amazing. something that I'm really proud of. Um, I think entertainment-wise, you know, at that same party, I would bring in like, for example, a live drummer who is uh, actually. Um, an old boss of mine, uh, from a recording studio I used to work at. He's just an amazing drummer and he's actually one of the few, uh, males and straight males that I've hired ever in my career of doing this. Um, but he's so supportive of the community and when we play together, it just jives so, so amazingly that, um, I had to bring him in. So even on a Wednesday after work party to bring in a live musician, um, was already bringing it a step above and beyond you know what was out there,
0: That's and I think
1: it brought a really special element to you know to that particular event um and doing stuff like that in general does really sort of elevate the experience to the next level. I love it. I'm so glad I asked do you have more These are just such great examples um those are those are two from the early days. I mean even just having you know dancers who were wearing coordinated outfits that weren't necessarily um you know reflecting women in a sort of negative overly sexualized way but that were like cool and trendy like more vogue dancers um you know more masculine maybe presenting uh female dancers but just sort of being conscientious of that um that sort of side our community of has all different kinds of types not just exactly. your, not just the, um, typical, like, stripper type, not that there's anything wrong with you, right, right. No that. Right, right. And that still needs. exists, um, you know, uh, you know, and that works for certain crowds and certain parties, but I think especially for a place like New York, um, it's just always been super important to me to reflect the diversity that I was surrounded with growing up in New York, um, and that I always experienced. Um, so I, I just thought that that was sort of essential. Um, you know, I'm trying to think another thought. I mean, I did so many things like belly dancers, electric violinists, saxophonists, like I had a full on brass band come through one of my parties, um, up until like last year when I started doing a little bit more high level, uh, performers, like I had Crystal Waters headline last year, uh, at my pride party. So, um, you know, all different, all different ideas, even down to like drink specials. So like that first um, event that I'd started, Glossy started at, I think, 6 p.m. And from six to seven, we had an open baka bar. So, you know, there were some positives to that and some negatives. But on the upside, it really created a party atmosphere. It got packed. People were drinking, you know, like it was Saturday night and it really turned into a raging club on a Wednesday and people could go to bed early and get up for work the next day. So, um, those were just some, some different ideas that I sort of had and I was just kind of experimenting, seeing what works and what doesn't.
0: That's great. What do you think you learned does work the best from these experiments?
1: I think at this point it's, it's just all about making it experiential. I mean, I definitely do events. Like for example, I have an event, a monthly event in LA called Heartbreaker, It's really just it's one of the first times I really just have a DJ, a guest myself, a guest DJ and the room. Um, It's just a disco ball. It's very basic, black, black leather couches, small patio. But this one is like specifically curated just to be focused on the music. So, um, and just this intimate atmosphere. So, um, for that party that works, but almost every other event that I do is like really highly experiential. So you're going to have people, for example, let's say at house of yes that are swinging from the ceilings, you know, that are there to paint your face and put glitter all over you if you want that, or to help you dress up in a fun costume or, you know, go-go dancing you know from the uh what do you call those the rafters above the uh, above the stage or whatever it is to kind of give you this experience and this feeling of like wow holy shit what's going on like what is this like a brass band just walked onto the stage in the middle of the party like unexpected like wow this is something you're going to remember tomorrow
0: And that was weird. Do you organize that or at House of Yes, is that just part of their, what they bring? Cause I know they're, they have their, you know, their own thing going
1: on. Yeah, there's definitely elements, you know, with them it's, it's very collaborative, uh, collaborative, um, because they are also so, um, they're such creative people and two of the owners who are, who are women, uh, Kay and Anya, they are also performers themselves. So, you know, generally whenever I hire anyone, um, who is doesn't matter what their talent or their specialty is. I hire them because I respect and appreciate and trust that person. So like I never tell a DJ what to play. Same thing in House of Yes. Like I might bring in ideas for Anya and Kay and say, hey, what about this costume? Let's do it at this time. So we'll sort of coordinate it together Um in terms of like the DJ lineup or any performers or extras like that. I will curate that and be in charge of all the bookings and um scheduling and all that stuff but in terms of like their costumes and their glittering everyone that's sort of part of the house of yes vibe which is one of the reasons why i love them so much
0: so they kind of take care of bringing in the glitter they take care of bringing in the
1: um
0: the go-go dancers that yeah because they the ha- they
1: have a lot of aerialists that work for them um you know like when i had an aerialist at marquee i would have to hire that person and bring them in and everything. But since they have so many people in house there that are aerialists and they have to be obviously, you know, trained in the way that they are and people that they trust at that venue, um, it makes a lot more sense to use their people who are also fantastic. And many of them are part of the LGBTQ community anyway. So I'm happy to just involve their people who really are, you know, they're really after the same thing I am after.
0: Yeah, It's a really special place. That's so cool.
1: Totally. So,
0: yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't want to go too far because I, I know we talked about how you got here and, 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 and like, uh, this has just been such a great illustration of interesting things that you've been bringing to the table along the way to make your party so special. Um, but, you know, and, and not everyone wants to be a DJ, but I think there are a lot of people who would want a life like yours where you get to travel the world and create the projects that you want to create, um, you're, you know, and obviously, this is more than luck with you. You saw holes in the market, and you've been filling them. Um, right. So, but you know, um, and I know you you were talking to me about about how women all the time are asking you how it is, like what advice you have for them. Um,
1: Men and women, actually,
0: people all over the world, just asking you how you do this. So, what do you what do you tell people? What do you think on this?
1: Um, you know, I think some people ask me about you know the travel aspect. Some people ask me about the music aspect. Some people ask me how to start a party. So it really kind of depends because, I, you know, I'm doing a bunch of different things and I think different, you know, people see stuff on Instagram or Facebook and maybe one thing piques their interest so they kind of reach out. But um, I've always, you know, I'm just the kind of person, I, I just can't really imagine working for someone else, even though, of course, you have people to answer to. Even as an independent DJ and party promoter, you know, you have other promoters who hire you, you have venue managers, you have patrons, you know, who might need something or request something. So like, you definitely have people that you're responsible to and for. uh, But I couldn't do the office job. So you know, for me, I just wanted to make it work. I gave myself basically a year to, you know, sort out like DJing, figure it out. I kind of was like working on it for a little while on my own and get to a point where I could play out and start booking gigs. And from that point, um, give myself a year to see if I can pay my rent. <laughs> so that was really just all my my first and year goal And were you able was. to? I was able to. That's exciting. Um, by, you know, year two, I was like doubling that. So, you know, it really snow had a snowball effect. Um, which, you know, I'm very, uh, fortunate for, but, um, yeah, I, I think if you make a small goal, um, that will sort of help you reach your larger goal, um, you know, you kind of have to break it down into steps. I wasn't like, okay, let me become the biggest event producer in New York. No, I just wanted to try one party, you know, so try one thing, see if it works if it's sustainable, if, if it wasn't, you know, what went wrong, see if you can fix it for the next time. And, um, it's a, it's, it's really a process of learning. There's like no other way to put it. Um, I'm still learning. I'm constantly learning. So there's always something, you know, something new, um, negotiating with a new venue, whatever it is. Um, there's always kind of a learning curve happening, but, um Yeah, I, I think if you really want to go after something, you're super miserable in your day job or it's just not, you know, inspiring you and you really want to try something else. um, uh, Maybe you don't have the funds to do that to quit your job, but, you know, do it on the side, like do it DJ on the weekends, you know, figure it out to do it in the evenings and in your free time so that you can eventually transition to making it maybe your full-time job, if that's something that you really desire. I love that.
0: And I love the the concept of starting with smaller goals and moving to larger ones. Uh, yeah. Like you say, it's you too don't...
1: overwhelming. You know, if you just say, like, I want to be a star, you know, it's like it's too much. It's like, you know, I think you really have to kind of – Start with step one, which you're going to have to do anyway. So, you know, instead of overwhelming yourself with like the giant goal, which is good to have in the back of your mind. But, um, you know, realistically, it is a process. It does take time to sort of create the job or the life that you really want to live. And like I said to you earlier, of course, nothing's perfect, but um, you have to start somewhere and see if it's even working for you if you want to dive into it 100%.
0: And when you first started DJing, you you actually had to teach yourself how to DJ. Right? Were you telling me that you're self-taught?
1: Uh, I am self-taught. I did have um, I, I was actually assisting a DJ for about a half a year or so, maybe three quarters of a year before I actually went out and DJed. And she also produced her own events, which were actually geared towards a totally different demographic. But I got to experience what that was like and see her life and see she was really a businesswoman, and um you know see what was working for her and i actually really connected with one of her opening djs who became a friend and actually dj'd my wedding uh when i got married and he's someone that i was just like hey we live near each other let's get together this weekend can you like explain how to do so and so to me because i like I'm getting really caught up on this, you know, technical aspect or whatever. So, you know, with some guidance um from some friends that I was connecting with, some DJ, new DJ friends, I was able to sort of like build my confidence and get to a point where I felt like, OK, um, you know, I've always been a performer, so I'm not one to put myself out there. I'm a bit of a perfectionist, um, unless I know that I'm good at what I'm doing and I don't want to embarrass myself. So when I felt like, okay, like I can do this, um, that's when I just went out and started to play. And so that was when you then went and tr- and started, um, getting
0: gigs in the gay male community, right?
1: Right. Exactly. I first started, um, playing my first ever gig was in Brooklyn actually. And I had a small party there before, You know, Brooklyn was really cool in uh the Clinton Hill area. The venue was called it was called Sweet Revenge. Now they're they're not open anymore. But I did a sort of like they had a cool outdoor area. We did like a backyard barbecue and I DJed like a lot of soul and funk and Motown music inside. Um and it was a great party right from the right from the beginning and a great crowd. And so that really inspired me to kind of keep going and and do it more and do it bigger and try different things.
0: And has your music taste changed over the year? I mean, it it has, right? It's shifted a little bit. Yeah,
1: of course. I mean, I think like my general like influence has always been funk and soul. So that just has been a foundation for me, I would say that I built upon, but I've learned so much, you know, you really just learn so much about music over the years. Like I honestly I have a bunch of friends who've been DJing for 20, 30 years and I am just in awe of like their knowledge, their collection. I just try to like soak in everything I can because when you play music that much for that many years, you know, a lot of shit um, that spans genres and decades. So, um, you know, I'm always kind of, uh, I'm listening to current, stuff not necessarily mainstream stuff but maybe more electronic music and i'm also kind of always looking back um to let's say like early funk soul and house music days in new york and chicago and detroit you know right now i'm really on the tip of um techno and berlin and how that really developed there and just something that's really interesting to me so i'm always kind of doing research, you know, that's a big part of the job and learning about new music. So I, I think I always have like, uh, I always say my music sort of based in, in soul and funk, but there's definitely times when I can go off on a much deeper, darker end, or um, maybe even play a hip hop set, which is a little bit more rare these days. But you know, it does happen. Um, so yeah, but I, I try to be open minded to listen to new stuff and just always trying to find the next awesome track and, uh, see what else is out there.
0: So how do you, so yeah, like, do you know in advance like what your flavor is going to be that night where you're going to go or,
1: um, you know, it depends. Like I, like I do a party in LA called night shift disco, which is obviously influenced a lot by disco. So, you know, I know kind of more or less, what kind of vibe, um, you know, that party is sometimes it goes in a little bit of a different direction, maybe more housey or maybe more traditional disco or, you know, uh, whatever. But that really it really depends. I mean, I would say generally it's pretty organic. Um, I literally don't know what I'm going to play like the first song until I'm just standing there. Like, it doesn't even matter if I'm in front of 5,000 people. I'm still like, uh, what do I want to play? What's going on here? You know, what should I start with? So um, it's very sort of organic and almost like improvised, I would say. That's awesome. Um, do you ever surprise yourself with <laughs> what you pick? Uh, um, no, I mean, I know, I guess I know what I'm picking at that moment, but, you know, I might surprise myself and, say like, oh, wow, I wasn't, you know, expecting that night to turn out like that. Or like, I'm really happy with what I played tonight or, uh, you know, whatever. Sometimes I might walk into a gig and say like, you know, sometimes you're just like, I try, I try to get in the mood, you know, and be very mindful of like where I am and how lucky I am. But there's, you know, we're all humans, So there might be a moment if I walk into a gig, and I'm like, eh, you know, what's this going to be like? I don't really know. And then I'm like, wow, this night was amazing. And just try to put my best foot forward and, um, you know, play the best I can, even if I'm You know, the room is a little empty or whatever the case might be.
0: Right, music changes everything. It sounds like, you know, you took a a mediocre night in your own life and and played it so well that you ended up feeling better than you started. It's very cool.
1: Maybe. And also like it just, sometimes it takes that like one person on the dance floor where you're like, yes, they're feeling, (laughs) they're feeling my music. They, you know, they're getting it. Um, so just really affecting and, and watching one single human be touched by, you know, what you're playing and understand what you're trying to say is enough.
0: Um,
1: and I love that too,
0: because I love to dance and sometimes people don't want to be the only one to stand up and dance if no one else is dancing, but, right. um, think about for now, anyone who ever felt like, I don't want to be the only one dancing, just think about what it would mean to the DJ if you do it. And
1: consider exactly. That, consider exactly. that as in
0: part of your equation in deciding. Um, I, I love all of this. So, okay. So let's talk to people about, you know, really cool lesbian parties around the world or lesbian scenes around the world. You've been to more countries and more cities and, and been in more lesbian events than probably, I mean, just in more, in more places than maybe any other lesbian alive. So what can you tell us? You're like (laughs) the, maybe the leading expert on this question on contemporary lesbian parties in all cities, all places.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely have some, you know, I have some DJ friends or just people I know on the scene that I respect who are lesbian, but they and they're very, very well traveled and, you know, hugely experienced, but they play mainly for um, street parties or for gay men's parties. So, yeah, in terms of lesbian parties, um, I've gotten some experience, uh, you know, viewing quite uh, quite a, a variety of different ones. Um you know, I would say, um, it kind of depends on what you, what you want. You know, like I do a bunch of festivals, which is sort of a different experience because it might be a whole weekend long situation. Um, I do a number of them that I really love in the U.S. Um, I normally, this is actually the first year I'm not playing it in a long time. Um, girls in wonderland which is in orlando uh which is run by pandora events and they've been in the game for i don't 20 or 25 years they've become really good friends of mine. all the partners in this uh production group collaboration and it's just a lot of fun like it's just a party where girls if you want to just party your ass off like that's the place you need to go to like no one cares everyone's just there to party. Period. Um so that that's one I, I I definitely recommend. Um let's see. I um next month I'm heading off to Europe for a couple of weeks and I'm playing two festivals, another one of my my favorites, probably my favorite in the world, which is called El Beach. Um this is in Germany. It's um, about an hour and a half north of Hamburg, and it I, I love it because it's a big festival, um, but it has this feeling there more of art and community. Um, everyone stays on this campus, and uh, we all have apartments. So people are grilling in their apartment, having little apartment parties, inviting you over for a drink, and it just has this really nice, fun, free, communal feel. At the same time, it's on the... It's on the sea, so it's really beautiful. Um, but what I love the most and what I appreciate is the programming because it's, it's the opposite almost of Girls in Wonderland. Not to say that it isn't just a fun party, but there's that. There's also film. There's lectures. There's sports activities during the day. There's yoga. There's surfboarding. There's like, there's all kinds of stuff to do if you want or just hang out on your porch and look at the sea and grill up some You know, some food and play music on your own. So um, it's just a it's just a great place to get away and and feel like I'm comfortable here with all these people and we're just here to have fun and to learn something new and to hear some great music. There's a lot of live music from all over the world that comes in to play that festival. So um, and is this for gay women? Yeah, this this is is a lesbian festival. Yeah, they've been doing it. Sounds extraordinary. It's amazing. This is the, I think this is their ninth year doing it. And wait, so, wait, for this and Girls in Wonderland, I want you to explain how women can get tickets or how they can find this. Oh yeah, I mean, that was easy. So, um, Girls in Wonderland, like I said, is put on by Pandora Events. They're based in South Florida. So, uh, go, Google Girls in Wonderland or Pandora Events or go to their Facebook page. I'm sure it's all over there. I think, um, I believe, like I said, I'm not playing Girls in Wonderland this year, but I believe it's the first weekend in June. Um, so there's that. And L Beach, you know, same thing, a little bit more effort for people from the U.S. to get out there because you do need to fly to Germany. Um, but you can go to Lbeach.com or Google them and Um, yeah, there's tons of information. They have their, you know, their website, you can buy tickets through or, uh, whatever.
0: Um, and so, yeah, that sounds like, cause so many people, so many women, you know, a major complaint is, is how hard it can be to meet women, how there's always a repetition of the same women. And I know this is in another country, but Hey, you know, you never know what can happen. Um, exactly. I mean, and, I
1: just I, I'm also going back for my second year to a festival for women that I play um in Ibiza, Spain. So you know, this is something that if you've never traveled to Europe before or abroad, I mean, this is a really great introduction. It's not that far from New York. It's really, you know, it's pretty affordable, actually, depending on when you get your flight to fly into Madrid or Barcelona, and then take a small flight to Ibiza. And this is a queer uh, festival there, too? This is a this is a women's weekend. Yeah. What's it called? Uh this is called Velvet Ibiza. Velvet Ibiza. Yeah. Amazing. So, and girls from mostly from Europe, uh but I've met um girls that come to my parties in New York who came out to Ibiza to check it out that are coming back again this year. So, that's a, this is a smaller festival. Um a couple hundred people, I would say or a few hundred. Uh, El Beach is a few thousand, so it's sort of a different, you know, different feel. But, um, yeah, that one is also, it's an all-inclusive package. Check out their website, Velvet Ibiza. Um, but you pay, it's, it's really inexpensive, to be honest. Like coming, especially coming from the U.S., you pay, I forget what the price is, but it's, it's a couple, it's basically like a couple hundred bucks to get a hotel room for Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and all the parties, and food, and liquor. It's all-inclusive. This
0: is awesome. I mean, I can um, so easily see how someone can get on a plane, if you can afford it, and have absolutely, you know, instead of sitting in whatever city you may be or, you know, feeling sorry saying, you know, it's so hard to meet women and I always see the same women, seems like a pretty easy way to just guarantee you're about to have the best weekend of your life you get yourself to something like this uh
1: surrounded totally by... i mean i think even you know in that case even though the flight might be a little pricey um when you couple that with an all-inclusive ticket that comes with alcohol and we all know how much you know we can drink at parties i mean it, you you can really <laughs> get your money's worth so um so yeah, that, that's definitely a cool one too, and I just have to mention that I was recently um, in Sydney, Australia for Mardi Gras, which is their pride, um, and it was amazing, just fantastic. I've been to it before, this year was so special, um, gay marriage passed this year in Australia, and also I believe it was their 40th anniversary, so it was an extra big one and the special one, but so inclusive. I, I've never experienced such an inclusive LGBT event or pride ever. Um, so I, I couldn't recommend that one enough, you know, a little bit more of a schlep out to <laughs> out to Australia. But um, if you did ever want to go there, I would recommend going over Mardi Gras. Um, super, just amazing, fun time and a beautiful place. Um,
0: that's great. What other parts of the world? What else? I mean, this has just become such a great list.
1: Hmm, let's see where else. Um, you know, where else did I play? I uh I've played a bunch in, in Sweden before. Um I work with these women that run a production company called Moxie Stockholm. Uh so I've played with a number of their events for for Stockholm Pride. I played there, I think, like two months ago as well. So they do different kind of random special events. So you could just kind of have to check out Moxie Stockholm to see what they have going on. I believe that this year is... Um not Europride, but Interpride, which is another thing, um kind of like a Euro Pride or a World Pride. And I think Stockholm is the place for Interpride this year, which just basically means more more people are going to it. It's gonna be bigger and more tourists. So um, you know, you could definitely check that out. Um I work in Vienna for a girl Katie, who's also a DJ and runs events called Pinked, P-I-N-K-E-D um so yeah the list like kind of (laughs) goes on and on um yeah there's so so much this is incredible and
0: you know it's so easy to kind of get stuck myopically in our own city um right and not realize how much and how big the world really is and for anyone listening who's not um who's not in uh who's who's like from out who was from one of those places, then, you know, Whitney day, you have incredible parties. Like you were talking about these parties in LA that you throw. And then of course, pride in New York at house of yes, um, all these different. So, um, it just seems like so many, so many options, so many great things.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I know this year for Brooklyn pride, I have like a huge group of German ladies coming to experience Brooklyn pride. And next year they want to come for a world pride in New York. And, um, you know, it's great. It's just an amazing thing to be able to connect with people from all over the world and yet you already have something in common. Even if you're not a DJ or party promoter, you're already part of the community. So, you know, you already have that off the bat and um, I think people in Europe are you know, also really intrigued to meet Americans who make the effort to go out there because, you know, not a lot of us do or can for various reasons. Um, but, you know, I, it's something that has become really a highlight of my life. Uh, I didn't really realize how much so it would become that. But um, it's just something that I've come to appreciate more than almost anything else is these these amazing connections and these relationships uh that I've fostered and you know it's not just international it's it's also just even locally in New York or in LA or uh in Vancouver I played for the first time and uh last summer and I'm going back again this summer um for a couple of gigs and for Vancouver pride and Portland or, you know, whatever. Like there's, I'm actually playing Buffalo, New York pride for the first time this year. I've never even been to Buffalo before. So, um, you know, I'm just excited to, to meet people there and, um, you know, it doesn't did, really how get did much happen? better did than that. Did they call you and
0: just reach out and say,
1: please come? Yeah. Yeah. They, they just reached out. Uh, I think they emailed me through my website and that's generally kind of how it how it goes so now you don't have to make those cold calls anymore um or uh, i don't really unless uh unless there's something like really particular that comes on my radar where i'm like you know i i don't expect everyone to know me certainly there's lots of people and lots of great dj's and lots of cool, cool stuff going on around the world um but you know if there's something that comes on my radar that i'm really intrigued about i i will certainly send out a message now and say hey, this is me, blah, 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 here's my experience, here's a couple photos from my events, like check it out, here's some press, or whatever. Um, So, yeah, that doesn't really stop necessarily, but... Just bigger dreams, bigger
0: opportunities. Yeah, but,
1: but there is that snowball effect where people start to see your name on a lot of different promotions, or they've heard of you through someone else, or maybe you played a different party in that city for Last Pride, and, you know, this year they want you, or whatever it is. So people... People do tend to reach out a lot too, which is great.
0: That is great. But I'm curious as to um, the most recent time you saw something and said, you know, I want that. I think I belong there and that's a dream for me. What were some um, more <laughs> um, recent dreams that you conquered and can then speak to?
1: Um, you know, right now I'm actually um, trying to focus a lot of my attention on music production and trying to expand into a different realm that um, I have some experience with, but I haven't done uh, really enough or any of, frankly, not really enough to to mention um, since I've been DJing. So um, that is kind of like my next sort of foray into deepening myself into the sort of music world Um, events wise. You know, um, let's see. I, I mean, I think right now, um, it's just trying to expand, um, in terms of, you know, the demographics are changing and I really appreciate, you know, how lately a lot of parties are becoming more mixed. And I don't mean just like diverse group of lesbians or diverse group of LGBTQs, but also just anyone, anyone who wants to come. Like, I'm just trying to really focus more on the music and um, find, you know, where I can play my sound that it'll be appreciated. Um, unfortunately, a lot of that is overseas. So I do kind of look for events and parties and clubs in Berlin or in Ibiza or in Spain, um, in general. But, um, you know, even when I, a couple of years ago, I went to Tokyo and, You know, I just kind of reached out around and went through my connections to see if I know anyone. And I was able to actually book two gigs while I was there. So, Were they
0: queer um, gigs in Tokyo?
1: One was. One was a queer gig through a a DJ friend from New York, had a Japanese queer DJ friend who owned a very small bar. And um, I played for her. Uh, there in Tokyo. And then I actually, and this is so typical of me, but I was just eating outside. And I heard these two guys like chatting about events and in English. And so I turned to them and I was like, Hey, what are you <laughs> not to be nosy, but to be nosy? What are you talking about? I'm a DJ. Where's the party at? And they said Sankey's, which is like an international club brand. Um, I think they actually used to have one in New York, which is I believe closed now, but I was like, Hey, I wanna play and they were like, All right, send us your stuff and they booked me. So, you know, sometimes it's just about sticking your sticking your neck out. But um even that experience was more of a sort of mixed crowd. It really wasn't about gay or straight, it was just like a fun night with great music and that was the Sankey um, one. But
0: what about the what about the little lesbian bar in Tokyo? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, that was amazing.
1: That? It was actually incredible. I need um, to hear more about it. Yeah, that was my... uh So now my new friend, Jury, DJ Jury. And um, she owns this tiny bar, which is how a lot of the bars in Tokyo are. Maybe fits 30 or 40 people in it, but super cool, like lots of black light and like really fun de- uh, decor happening. And she just basically arranged this night for me, which was so amazing. I mean, I can't even explain the... Uh, hospitality of you know the people I met there—they were literally bringing me gifts at the end of the gig, like handing me presents. Um, what did it they was give like, you? Um, a bunch of snacks and food and little desserts, and they gave me um like traditional Japanese hand fan, and just like so sweet and kind um to even think to do that. So it was so sweet. Do you think
0: they went and bought the snacks and brought them or they brought them with you in order to give you these snacks? No, they brought
1: them they brought them just to give me like these special Japanese desserts and you know just as a gift to say thanks for coming and, you know, just to show I guess appreciation and just to welcome me. Um which is kind of how it was generally there, just, you know, very welcoming and um, amazing. I loved it. But um, you know, besides that, all the DJs who played that night, who were all Japanese, um, a mix of men and women, um, gay and straight, although I think they were mostly gay, um, amazing. I mean, I just couldn't even believe what they were playing. It was so mind blowing. Uh, in this tiny bar. And when I went up to play my set, everyone stood around me and jumped up and down and cheered and screamed. And I was like, I never felt so supported, especially in such a tiny room with just a few people. Um They were there for me. And they really showed that. And it was it was quite a special experience. Sounds amazing. I'm so glad I asked this question.
0: Um, this is such a great story. I'm like smiling ear to ear. Right I don't now. even think
1: I ever told anyone really that story either, but, um, yeah, totally unexpected.
0: Really Very unexpected. Amazing. Um, wow. That's a real highlight. Do you have any other great stories? <laughs> I don't want to push too hard, but oh my it just God. sounds like they're
1: coming out. Um, you know, there's like so many, it's really, um, you know, I, yeah, actually I will say I had it quite a kind of, highlight for myself um when i was in australia recently um i saw that barbara tucker who is a major major house music singer she's probably one of the most famous um and if you don't know her name you probably know her music that was sampled in that kanye west um track where she sings deep inside and um you would definitely recognize it if you looked her up. But anyway, she's a, she's a class. She's like the queen of vocal house music. So, um, I saw that she was going to be in town and I was just hanging out at a bar and she happened to be sitting right there. My friend was like, do you want to meet Barbara Tucker? And I kind of like fangirled out a little bit. Um, and she was so kind and so gracious. And we were singing and dancing for the next couple hours at the bar. And, um, she said, you know, take my number and give me yours. And she called me the next day and we chatted for like 45 minutes on the phone. Um, you know, if you're into house music, it's kind of, you know, all my DJ friends who are wrote me and were like, holy shit, you're with Barbara Tucker. Amazing. So, you know, this is cool. Just another opportunity to meet someone who's been in the music industry for 30 plus years who had some sage advice, you know, in general, who then came out later in the week to hear me play at one of my gigs and wow. um is just a great person that I feel like, hey, I can like I can call this person and maybe ask for advice or hire her to perform or, you know, whatever. Just just connect um with someone else who loves music as much as I do.
0: Um I love this story. These these are such great stories. I feel as if um I could just keep you for hours just asking stories like this. <laughs> Um so you just, can if
1: you want.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just, maybe just like <laughs> one more of an exotic place or some place you never expected to hang hang like to show up where like, you know, something that lesbians can appreciate where there were like a queer woman somewhere else around the in some other part of the world that we might not be realizing because I always say um it's it's easier to hear people complain to me or worry in their own hearts, you know, that maybe they'll never meet someone because we're, mm. you know, we're a part of a minority and it's so hard to meet someone and I always say there are hot lesbians everywhere, um, right. but you've really been everywhere, and you know firsthand that this is true. So maybe just another story of another corner
1: of the world, where just to remind anybody listening that if you just keep your eyes open, um, yeah, totally. And, and you and I know, but it's and I and I'm sure you didn't mean it this way, but it's not about hot. Certainly, I mean, yeah, there's hot lesbians everywhere. There's also interesting people and cool people and um, people who can touch your to touch your life in some capacity um you know i have found you know i kind of like to call her my sort of dj soulmate um dj betty ford who's um a dj who's been playing god i don't know how many years she's been playing you know probably 20 or 30 years um she's a refugee from bosnia who uh, moved to Germany when she was young. And uh, she actually owns the only gay bar in her city, which is called Castle. It's a small city uh, nearby Frankfurt. And so, uh, and she also throws the only LGBT events, which are very mixed, of course, when they're the only ones in a small city. Um for you know for the whole area. So just a really interesting person but we've uh Betty and I've really vibed musically and and personally and um we always end up playing sets together at this Elle Beach festival I was telling you about and we normally do a set on Saturday night that goes until like 7 or 8 in the morning. So that's a really interesting experience in and of itself because it's not something unless you're really into like underground nightlife um, in New York. You don't, just don't experience that. Um, you know, it's a challenge, you know, even for me to stay up that late, And you know, but the crowd really keeps the energy going. So if you and it's not even about drugs or drinking or anything, it's really people are there in the moment until the sun comes up. And so it's this really. It's really, really special moment because we're in this room where it's all glass windows around us. So we're literally all dancing and watching the sun come up together. And it's kind of like the last final nighttime party of this weekend. Uh, so to be able to find someone um, from another country who's, you know, English is their third or fourth or whatever language that I connect with so well. Um, and we just vibe together on this musical level um, and, to be able to play our style for people who love it and appreciate it and stay there till eight in the morning is just kind of mind blowing every year.
0: Yeah. I mean, to think anyone staying, I mean, I can't stay up till eight in the morning for anything, but to have people there just <laughs> for your art, it's beautiful. And I totally exactly. hear you on, of course, you know, you're not single, but I, when I say, and, and hot is in the eyes of the beholder. Um, but for people who right. are lonely and looking for love and kind of get that. Cause I don't, I mean, I don't, and people not looking for love, too. You're right. Um, there's amazing friends to meet all over the world. And if we keep our eyes open, um, incredible humans can find their way into our lives and into our hearts. Exactly. And, of course, exactly. things aren't that important. But I just meant for lonely people who are looking to feel attraction <laughs> to another person, <laughs> to not give up and to know that you can be in any corner of the world and find yourself in some sort of underground lesbian situation. And there's just an abundance
1: of opportunities for love. Um, in yeah, absolutely. And if you just want to meet hot lesbians, like, go to Israel.
0: Right. <laughs> you know, it's like. That's definitely uh, I'll second that. that.
1: That's all I'll say on that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're always, uh, a fun and beautiful all around kind of group to, to hang out with. And, uh, the Israelis like to party. So, um, although I have never DJed there, I've DJed with a lot of Israelis. Um, and I've partied there and it's, um, definitely a- another amazing place on this planet that's, worthwhile visiting and I, I haven't been to their pride yet because it's the same as brooklyn pride but um yeah there, there are so many beautiful people a- around the world it's just amazing if you put your, you put yourself out there and look and traveling is not for everyone and some people are totally happy in the comforts of their own town or home or city which is nothing absolutely nothing wrong with that uh it's just something that's personally intrigued me my whole life um and so i i just feel really grateful to be able to have the experience that I really kind of set out to to create for myself.
0: Right. And, you know, you don't ever have to leave your town in order to still take your great advice, which is, you know, keep picking up the phone or writing cold emails, connecting and asking, even if it takes years of trying uh, to, you know, to do the work that you want to do to create the things that you want to create, whether it's, uh, you know, it
1: doesn't have to be events, it could be
0: anything in this world that you want to create.
1: Um, Absolutely. I think too. actually, if you're in a small town, that might even be, I don't want to say better, because maybe there's less opportunities. But, you know, sometimes that is better. Sometimes it's easier to get to know like what's out there and to find who the key players are or to create something, let's say in a small city or a town where nothing exists, you know, can sometimes be more fruitful, potentially than in a big city where there's lots of other things going on. So, you know, um, that right, because, definitely should... Uh, the small town will appreciate that
0: you're creating um, something for them there, where they don't have to travel far away to get anything like it. Uh, so exactly. So, kind of things locally. That's 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 also great advice. So, maybe exactly. just just to pivot only a little bit. Um, sure. You've been with the same woman for you said 13 years. Is that right? That's correct. And you know, one of the things that we don't, I don't think, have the benefit of as as lesbians is is um, the way that we can look up to our parents' generation and everyone around us is you know, not that their relationships are all successful, but for all the successful relationships we see, 99% of them, the ones that have stood the test of time, because back then it wasn't really as easy for women to be out, much less, mm. you know, sustaining beautiful relationships. So whenever I see, uh, couples that have achieved, you know, real longevity and you guys are so young, you lady, you're both so young still, but, um, do you have any good advice about, you know, making a relationship work over the, over the test of time between two women?
1: Yeah, I would. I mean, I, um, you know, I always kind of say like, you know, especially when I'm talking to friends who are maybe going through troubles in their relationship. I'm like, you know, people say like, oh, marriage is really hard work. I'm like, you know what? It shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> it shouldn't really be that hard. Um, you know, if the negative experiences are outweighing the positive experiences with the person you're sharing your life with, even if you're not married, but like maybe – you know, maybe, maybe there's settling. something, yeah, maybe there's something to look at there or not Yes, yeah, settling, or maybe you're just not as compatible because, you know, it should be fun. You should enjoy your time with the person that you're choosing to spend your time with. Um, I think when you're in a relationship, like one of the probably most important things I learned, I think, you know, fairly early on years before I got married, which I think was really helpful to me. Um, you know, to be honest, I would like, joke around a lot with my now wife and maybe say something that she didn't find very funny and would get upset and at first I really couldn't understand why something I said maybe affected her in a in a way I didn't intend but it really taught me sort of from the beginning that like people are different people have different feelings and different you know something I find is funny funny is not something she finds funny, and I just need to respect that um, so I think respect really comes in play a lot there um recognizing that you're two different people, and so for me, like my priority is always knowing that my wife is happy, that nothing I've said or done hurt her or upset her, and if it did that I would stop and try to understand why, and if I don't understand why. It doesn't even really matter. Um, you don't have to understand why your partner disagrees with you or doesn't find your joke funny or takes offense or whatever. But to just say, OK, you know, I don't want to see you upset. So I won't do that again. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I had any like major issues with that. But I just think the general knowledge and understanding that it's OK not to understand someone who's different from you, why they think something um or why something makes them feel a certain way, but just to respect them as human beings, respect their feelings, respect their life, respect their life goals. Um, I'm really lucky. I have a wife who, you know, trusts me and um doesn't put up a fight when I need to go travel for work, maybe for a month at a time. And um I think that's really important to find someone who, uh, encourages you on your personal life path, um, to not make it about them. But basically if I'm happy, you know, then she'll be happy cause I'll, I'll feel fulfilled and vice versa. Totally.
0: Um, and just being like, it sounds like you were talking about just kind of being awake to the fact that everyone has their own internal experiences and it may not be the same way you feel about something, but. Um, really honoring and respecting where they're coming from without having to necessarily agree with it. Um, exactly. The same way. You verbalize it a lot better than I did. <laughs> In summary. Um, yeah. Right. Very exactly. awesome. This Long is, story short. This has been just <laughs> such an incredible, I'm I'm just so glad I asked, you know, I knew it was going to be cool to talk to you and to, and to just ask um, about some of your experiences, but this has just been such a fun, awesome conversation. I'm so grateful um, Ditto. Thank you, you Jordan. I'm happy.
1: Yeah, yeah was, this is great. I'm happy. A- I'm happy we got to connect, reconnect, and I'm glad to share my story and, and talk about some some really different topics that are super important to me. So thank you for highlighting those. No, my goodness. It, we're so lucky to have you in the community.
0: And it's been, um, you know, what I just I, I knew I was proud of you before watching your career go so well, but now I'm so much more proud of you. Than I even realized I could be so good for thank you. you. Thank you,
1: um, thank you so much.
0: That really means a lot. Well, I just want to, you know, before we get off, where can people find you? Um, you know, social media, you know, website, anything, where anyone sure, wants yeah, to...
1: yeah. My uh, my website's Day dot com. You can always email me at dj at Day dot com, and that's with an H-I-T-N-E-Y. Um, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y. Yeah. and um, yeah, Facebook page whitney day uh instagram dj whitney day um you can find me um kind of in between la and new york i do a couple monthly parties that i mentioned before in la one's called night shift disco which is generally every third sunday um and heartbreaker uh which is more of a sort of uh it's all-inclusive but more sort of uh lesbian women uh, skewed party uh, every last Friday of the month and of course I will be back in New York for basically all of June uh, Brooklyn Pride at House of Yes on Saturday June 9th and also let's see uh, New York City Pride weekend I have Friday night at Cielo one of the best clubs in the world so if some girls haven't been there yet uh, I really encourage them to check it out and Sunday I am switching it up this year and we are moving to Bowery Bar to bring it back. I don't know if you ever partied there, but um kind I of an think amazing many years it, ago.
0: It's on 4th, yeah, is
1: it on Fourth exactly. Street? Me too. Yeah, exactly. Oh wow yeah, Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, giving that gonna going to bring a little bit of that sunday fun day outdoorsy vibe yeah it has all Um, that great
0: natural lighting and stuff exactly
1: big patio and everything so i wanted to really take us out of the dark uh nightclub um for this year and bring us sort of into the light after the parade so we can all kind of dance and celebrate yeah everyone Um, wants sunshine after a parade that's beautiful exactly exactly so that's the goal yeah, so those those are the big uh the big three for for the New Yorkers who are listening in and for pride. So um yeah, just stay tuned on my on my website and on my social media stuff for tickets and info and lineup and all that good stuff.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and if anyone's any anywhere else in the world, find her at one of these parties that she mentioned, let her know that uh you were listening. Sounds great. Yes. All right, definitely. girlfriend. Thank you so much for your time. Great speaking to you. you. Thank you. Right. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day. Bye. Okay, you too. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, then subscribe now so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you're interested in finding the love of your life so that you can be best friends who learn and grow together and share dreams together and have adventures together and have amazing sex together, then also check out my website, womenwantingwomen.com, because it's packed with valuable resources like my guide to quickly and easily eliminating rejection from your life a class on the number one thing you can do to end your loneliness if you're single, a quiz to find out what qualities the woman of your dreams will find most attractive about you when you meet her, a quick guide to the five biggest mistakes most women make when coming out, and since I'm a fabulous matchmaker who loves networking and since I might already be friends with the woman of your dreams, I'm offering everyone a free survey any lesbian or bisexual or queer-identified female can fill out so that I can keep you in mind for my friends and also for the amazing women I meet every day through the work that I do in our community. I'm always trying to set women up, and I might know the perfect match for you. So go find my survey and tell me about yourself so that I can help. All of this is free on my website at womenwantingwomen.com. Go check it out for yourself and share it with any other LGBT women that could benefit from what I'm offering there. In the meantime, I love when you comment on the shows and reach out to me about your takeaways and feedback. It's really, really helpful, so don't be shy. I want to hear from you. Connect with me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. My social media links are in the show notes below. Thanks again for watching, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Women Wanting Women.